Let's learn something. Um, so we began discussing this yesterday, but I want to give an interesting angle and look at the whole slavery in Egypt. What was, what, what's the meaning in it? And so to speak, what was the goal in it? And, um, yeah. But we already, we, we were freed many years ago. So, we, did, we mentioned yesterday that, that Moshe challenged Hashem, he challenged God in his ways, where he, he had a hard time understanding um, why Hashem made this whole thing happen. And it's one thing if Hashem had a need for them to be in, a need for them to be in Egypt, a need for them to go through slavery. But then Hashem goes and takes Moshe, sends Moshe to save them, instructs him to go to Pari and speak to him to get the, let my people go, right? The famous line. And then what happens, the moment he comes, Pari says, oh, you want them to go? It's because they're not working hard enough. And he makes them work harder. And then harder and harder. And every, Moshe thought, Moshe thought that he's coming to save them and here he's going and making it harder for them. Moshe's like, but, but, why did Hashem put me in this? Why did Hashem put me, set me up for this? Pari thought that, right. But from Hashem's perspective, Hashem sending Moshe to save them, Moshe feels like I'm being sent to save them and my going, doing what Hashem says is making it worse for them. Saying the process, Pari needed to milk them. So he's milking them quickly. Okay. Right. He's saying Pari had to finish his part until they were ready to go out. Okay. Okay. But what is the what is the meaning in it, and what, how can it? What does it mean to us? Um, so there's a what? So what I want to discuss today is what is the meaning in the whole slavery in Egypt? What 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 benefit was there in it, and how can we apply it to our practical day to day life? So let's think about what the slavery in Egypt was uh, leading towards. It was leading towards, this is what Moshe told Pari, that let my people go. Why? Because I want them to go into the desert, and they are going to serve God. Right? They're going to serve God in the desert. Moshe clearly told Pari that the purpose and goal in it was that they should eventually receive the Torah. Right? It was the slavery in Egypt was the step before them being taken out of Egypt and eventually going to receive the Torah. What happened when the Jewish people received the Torah? What? Well, so what happened there? What did they need to be ready for? What happened when they received the Torah, and this is a huge topic in Kabbalah and Chassidus, what happened when they received the Torah was that prior to Hashem giving the Torah, the physical world and the spiritual realms and godliness were two opposite um, uh, things. It's like the two sides of the magnet, right, right coming together and pulling each other away. The, when you put the, the wrong sides together, um, they literally could have nothing to do with each other. They were as far apart as anything. And that's the way Hashem created it. And as the goal Hashem wants is that they should be able to merge together somehow. And that's our job, to take our physical reality and the physical life that we have and imbue and put in it spirituality and godliness and make it one. But before Hashem came down on the mountain to give the Torah, that wasn't possible. When Shem came down on the mountain, it was the beginning of that process. Hashem now made it possible that the physical and the spiritual godliness and material, the materialistic world could somehow have some relationship and work together. And we should be able to find godliness within the physical world. So, 
That was the goal. That's what Hashem wanted to accomplish by giving the Torah. Now, if you think about it, for us physical people that are limited beings, right? We're limited by our own abilities, by our own physical and human abilities. Our human mind can only understand as far as the human mind can understand. And this is the famous thing where scientists are trying constantly to find the essence of creation and what the, the, the core makeup of creation. And we, we understand from our belief that they'll never find it. Because if it's God and godliness, the way we understand it, God is the ultimate being, right? That's not limited with any restriction in this world. And the human brain can only understand things that can be measured in the physical way. The human mind can only understand things that work in its terms, right? The particles that uh, can only be proven through, um, through testing and seeing the effect of them, they, they can't even be seen, even those the scientists can understand based on the way they can measure it. But something that can't be measured, the, will, a human mind can never comprehend and understand. God is something that can never be measured. The moment you can measure God, it's not God, <laughs> right? If God can be measured, then He's not the one that could have created the world. To create this world, there has to be something that is completely out beyond the limit. But that's a little deep. But that's, so, so God is something that can't be measured, right? Now, to say and to even think that a physical human being like us, which we all know our own physical limitations, even the most supernal and the perfect human being, is still limited by everything that a human being is limited by, living in this world. Namely, beginning with time and space, right? So for a physical human being to be able to attach himself and to connect and to bring godliness within his physical life and physical world is impossible. There's no way for it to even begin. Where is the beginning? Where do we merge? Where is the... the what do we have in common? Do we have... Do us physical human beings in this physical world have anything in common with God or godliness? Think about it for a second. Do us physical human beings, living our physical life in this world, have anything in yes, common with we God or God? We are part of Him in some way, so we do have a lot in common. What do you mean we're a part of Him? We are a part of God. He gave us a part of God, and that part of God is what, what we have in common. But us as physical human beings have nothing in common. But that's why a part of us is drawn. Okay, but I, 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 specifically as human beings, the godly part was given by Mahatma Tara. That's, that's what God gave them that there should be able to be that connection. But as physical human beings, there's nothing about us which is in common and in sync with God or godliness. Nothing. Because we begin from a limitation. We begin from being restricted and limited by the limitations of this world. God begins from not being limited and restricted. Ex nihilo. Literally, two complete opposites that don't connect. There's no, there's, there's no talking terms. There's no, no common ground. Right? We have two people that try to build a relationship with each other. You need to have some common ground. They say opposites attract, but you still need to be able to talk to each other, right? You still need to be able to have some form of relationship, a way that you can relate to each other. Where is the relationship? Where can we relate to God? This, the, in the simple understanding, the physical human being has nowhere where you can relate to God. Now, if we understand it like that, so if the purpose was that God should give us the Torah, Torah, when Hashem gives us the Torah, to begin some sort of relationship, that the physical, mortal, material human being should begin having some sort of relationship with God, where can it begin? What are the grounds for it? Okay, so that's one way of looking at it. Even though the truth is that God wants us to relate to Him even physically. He wants every part of our physical life to be imbued and to be inspired and infused, permeated with Godliness. So where, does it, where can that relationship begin? So you're saying from the spiritual part of us. Okay, um, so in order for that relationship to begin, 
the human being, so to speak, had to go through this process. And we find this all the time. What, is, what did that cleansing process do? So we, we can understand it. Very good. We can understand it from every area in our life because we find this all the time. Um, anyone in the process of growth, the, mo- the easiest uh, um, topic in life to approach it from is, the, is recovery. A person that had to go through recovery. If any of you know someone, or if any of you had to go through some form of it yourself, there's, there's, um, there's a point where a person has to, has to somewhat break themselves, where they reach a point of, where they crash. Crash either inside or when they're going through the process. But when you're, when you're so um, stuck in a certain way of living, and a certain way of feeling, and a certain way of, of surviving, a certain mo- mode of survival, when you're stuck in that one way, to be able to even sometimes realize and acknowledge that there could be another way, you need a break. You need to pull, be able to pull yourself completely away from your previous form of survival, from your previous fo- style of living. Until you're able to pull yourself away from it, it's hard for you to even see something from a different angle, from a different perspective. And this is how life works. This is, how, and, and in a general sense, us human beings are stuck in a certain way. Our brains are wired in a certain way as human beings. And it's, like we said, it's impossible for us to think differently. So for a human being to be able to, to even begin to see something from another way and to see that there's another reality called God and godliness, he needs to go through a process of breaking that human being inside of him. Not in a negative way, but in an empowering and in a growth in a, in, in a growing way. And this is anyone that goes through a growth in business, in life, in, in their personal, in their personal um, uh, behavior, in their personal perspective, it goes through that process. You, so you need to go through a process of breaking yourself to be able to be, re- to be, to, to be on the receiving side. And in order to begin receiving and being open for growth, being open to seeing something from a different perspective, you need to go through some sort of, of a broken, of, being, of, of, being, of breaking yourself. And that breaking yourself, it's not negative. Why? Because you're breaking a part of yourself that's blocking you. You're not really breaking yourself. Because who are you really? What you really are is someone that has the potential to be anything. The fact that the, right now your life is in a certain way that is blocking you from being anything means that what you're really breaking is not yourself. You're breaking what's in between you and becoming the real you. You're breaking the barrier. The barrier, exactly. So it's not negative. People sometimes look at it as negative. You're breaking. So, so, so to speak, the Jewish people needed to go through that process to be able to, to begin a relationship with God and godliness, which is completely outside of the ability and the realm of a human being that needed to go through this general process of a breaking. And that's why it wasn't only a breaking of them as being slaves, but it was a really breaking of the world at large, which was the ten plagues. What was the purpose of the ten plagues? The whole purpose of the ten plagues was breaking the energy that existed in the world then, or the overpowering energy was, was Egypt and Paris. That was the strongest force in the world then, the strongest empire, and spiritually also the strongest opposition and barrier between the world and godliness. What was Pari all about? One of the things that, that's discussed is where Pari used to um, preach that he is everything. And that the, him in Egypt, he is the sole power and they don't need anything else and they come on to him, they have to worship him almost. He almost treated himself as some form of power in God that needed, they, they needed to worship. So um, that was a, obviously a clear barrier between anyone that wanted to have a relationship with God. So the first thing that needed to happen was to break that. Not just to destroy power, but to destroy within each Jew the power. 
to destroy within each person their barriers, the things which was blocking them from having a sort of relationship and connection with God. And it's so practical, this idea. Because power in Egypt wasn't just something that existed then, it exists every day in our life. Every day in our life, when we're going through life, trying to grow, becoming better, and trying to reach uh, greater things, and take on new perspectives, and look at things from a better place, right? Whenever we're going from one place to another place, in the middle, right, you start with, you feel like you have everything, and you want to get to a place where you have even more, Sometimes you have to go through a process where in the middle, you lose everything. And you feel broken. Because going through that broken stage, what it's doing is, is not hurting you, not pulling you down, it's opening you up. It's making you available to see, some, to see things from a whole new place that you never imagined you could have seen before. So it's, it's very powerful. And this, is, this, was, this, is, this answers the question of why when Hashem sent Moshe, you ready for this? This is the, the power of the Vart. When Hashem sent Moshe to take the Jews out of Egypt, and he came to Pari and said, let my people go, you think the fact that the slavery got harder and more harsher meant that it was further away from redemption, further away from the exodus? On the contrary. The fact that it was getting harder means that we're getting closer. Because if you understand the whole process from the way we just explained it, that it's all about breaking the barrier and opening you up to, to growth and to, be, to see things in a whole new way, a relationship with God, right? That's impossible. So making the slavery harder is only breaking you more, breaking that barrier more, and the more you break it, the closer you are to being ready to be All opened right, up. Holocaust, you see? Uh, it's not an answer for suffering. Not an answer. And that's why... we answer for suffering. Both times the Nazis and Paro try to ramp it up at the end because they realize it's almost over. Let me try to break them. But in a spiritual way, we can understand this in our own life. I, I don't want to use this to give any answer for any suffering of the Jewish people. That's not where we're going. Not the Nazis tried spiritually. The Romans, they all tried spiritually to break us. So close, you can't break this virtue. But, but the breaking, what it does, it really opens it's us up to, to reach deeper inside of us and to reach greater places. Yeah, that we, yeah. And it's breaking what we call, in the terms of Chassidus, the Yeshus. I don't know if we can easily apply it. Yeah, I don't know if we can easily apply it. Um, but, it's, but definitely we can apply it to our own journey in our own life. Our own journey, sometimes you have to go through a broken stage to reach greater and higher. And this is the essence of, of the Egypt. The Egypt that exists, in, it's a, it could be a metaphor, it could be understood as an analogy for every journey we go through in our life. So um, let's uh, acknowledge them as that. And when things get tougher and harder, it's only there to, to break our barriers and open us up to make us bigger and stronger.